Hello and welcome to Deprogram on Unsafe Space. I am your host, Carrie Smith, and I'm joined today by a, another YouTube host, Nina Infinity. I've had the pleasure of being on her channel. She is lovely. She's intelligent. She's funny. Um, she hosts a couple of different shows on Nina Infinity. One is called Infinite Talk, where she talks about crazy clown world that we're currently in. Um, and also, I, I would say, hits a little more on the entertainment topics um, and, and crosses over with some of the guys like Friday Night Tights guys. And then she also has a show called Infinite Hope, which is all about finding the positive in the world, which we need more of. Anyway, welcome, Nina. I'm happy to have you on Unsafe Space. Hi, Carrie. Hello. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Thanks for your patience. We've Carter had a baby and I'm moving. So we've been oh a little gosh. discombobulated. Oh, yay, babies. Uh, that's awesome. Send him my heartfelt congratulations. Uh, I will. I can awesome. hear the baby too sometimes in the background, which is new because usually there's noise with my dog in the background, but now there's noise on Carter's and you can hear the baby once in a while. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> well, we need new life. We need new life in this world. So yes. that's great. So tell me about, before we get into who you are, for anyone who may not be familiar with the show, what is in your background, what are these posters? Oh, uh, these are anime posters. So that's Cowboy Bebop directly behind me. That's okay. Faye Valentine. Uh, I've been a huge fan of anime all my life. Uh, so I, I had to represent the anime. Uh, this is uh, Major Kusanagi uh, from Ghosts in the Shell. Uh, and this poster here is the record of Lotus Wars. Uh, it's a very classic anime, which I also love. Oh, uh, well, it my looks camera. really festive. So now you oh, yeah. can see the whole thing. Right on. Yeah. So was that accurate of me to describe you as being more in the pop culture entertainment space when you talk about Clown World? Is that's can you tell people a little bit about your show and how Yeah, you actually, well, it's a little bit of a crossover. It does uh cover all sorts of topics, including entertainment, especially what's going on with our culture right now. But everything is political now as well. So um you know, we we talk a lot about politics on the Wednesday show. Um um, especially with what's going on with COVID and everything like that. We cover uh, everything that's going on because I've always felt like you need to look at objective reality as it is. Um, so like I'd like to kind of like take that all in for Wednesday and like and whether that's like entertainment news or what's going on in the world pol pol politic wise and not when I and when I say politic wise and I don't even mean just the United States alone. We do a world coverage. Um, I'd like to do a world coverage because, you know, the earth, it's not just, mm -hmm. you know, U.S. and Canada. Everyone, there's something going on everywhere all at the same time. So like right now, Austria is big in the news. Uh, you know, Australia is big in the news. Uh, Canada is big in the news because of how they're, uh, you know, handling the whole COVID ordeal. Uh, so I'd like to highlight uh, those things as well as well as entertainment, because entertainment is also under attack and has been under attack uh, for a while. So we talk about all of that kind of stuff. You're kind of, I think maybe your brain works a little bit like mine does in, in sort of being interested in lots of different things at mm -hmm. once and pulling those things in. And so I completely understand that you're like covering world news, but then also the entertainment stuff. And and then you, you also have some knowledge on when I was on your show, we start. We started talking about personality disorders and mm -hmm. narcissism, which yeah. is interesting, and true crime and and that whole interest as well. So yeah. I like that and you can just kind of jump around. 
that totally interests me as well. And I think that actually that goes with um, basically what's going on in the world today in general, because I think that psychopathy in general is what is the problem with our world. I think that um, a lot of people don't understand that how much psychopathy and psychology goes into everything that's happening. Um, we like to uh, as normal people with souls and, uh, you know, uh, a heart and empathy, we like to project that empathy and that care and, and everything onto everyone, including bodies of government or even individuals within the government yes. that don't necessarily look at us the way we look at them. They are psychopaths and they don't have empathy and they, they just basically pretend to be good people. Uh, so that kind of bleeds into everything. And that in that includes entertainment, of course, like everyone kind of knows like Holly weird uh, can be very weird, very dark. Uh, it's a very dark world there uh, in, in a lot of ways. So I think that that also plays in a factor because psychology and psychopathy is it's just it's in everything. It's in it's in your own home. It's in within yourself. Like, you know, that's how I studied. That's how I started studying it was understanding that I, uh, you know, as everyone, including myself, has a bit of narcissism in them. Mm -hmm. And going into the idea of which wolf do you want to feed? Uh, like whether you yes. want to, you know, kind of like feed that uh, the inner voice in yourself that's empathetic and loving and kind and whatever to the other one that's more selfish, uncaring, wants to do, you know, just get ahead of everyone. And which one do you want to feed? So that's, that's kind of how I started my journey into like self-reflection and understanding how psychopathy affects the world. And then it just went into this grander scheme of things where I started reading like things like political panorology that I sent to you and understanding yes. like evil and how, you, how it's how it's uh, not just created but how it maintains its hold over the world because evil has always been there yes so. can you tell people i can't wait to read this book i haven't started yet we're working on we have book club this month and we're working on uh margaret atwood currently but i looked up that book and can you tell people a little bit about the subject of that book because i think there's some people in our audience sure. who'd be fascinated by that yeah, absolutely. So political panorology, I, I believe it's by Andrew Wojnarowski. I, I always have a problem saying his last name. I I, I apologize that I butchered it. But he was a, a, a Holocaust survivor. Uh, he's a Polish uh, survivor. So and he's a PhD psychologist. Um, he went through a lot of uh, basically what we're kind of going through now. Um, and then he wrote a book about it, which actually was not published until way later on. Uh, you know, I think it was around 2004 that they published it finally uh but he had this manuscript he finally got it to some people that decided to publish it uh, but long story short the book is about um uh it's about evil uh and it's about how um evil maintains its hold over a, a population how it, it gets rooted uh he actually brings up uh he actually makes up words uh to describe what he's describing because it's kind of like a phenomena that keeps happening over and over and we don't have these words for it so he makes up these words for it like 
Uh, he calls uh, some people spell spellbinders, uh, like spellbinders is referred to people in the news, uh, people who like mainstream media who want to basically put a spell on you to keep you in the sleep, keep you under a spell uh, of what's going on and paint you this picture that's not actually happening, but it is happening. So he has vocabulary, vocabulary that he uses. So ponderology is his word that he has he has, uh, you know, uh, kind of coined to describe our world and what happens when a person gets ponderized. Um, and it's a, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating read. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I wish I had read the book before I talked to you because then we could talk about it. But, um, you know, I've been. You, you, it's going to take you a while to read it, Carrie, because it's very heavy. It's a very heavy okay. read. Um, it, like I said, because he does make up like he's he has a dictionary that he puts, and like I think it's like in the very first chapter or second chapter. So it's it's a little bit to, hard to follow at first, uh, and it deals with such heavy topics that like just makes you kind of like you, you have away. to yeah you have to read it and then reflect uh you know just kind of like digest what you're reading uh the book's full title is political ponderology a science on the nature of evil adjusted for political purposes and i feel like that name kind of says it all um it is the science of evil this book yeah. is basically what what does evil mean and how does it take root and how does society fall to it and how do we stop it? Can we stop yeah. it? Uh, I so think that's, it's so seductive. One of the things that I've I've learned in the past few years, I think, is that I used to be sort of naive that most people could see evil and not be seduced by it. Uh, and I don't think that's the case. Now I just sort of, I look at, I've gotten better at, at at listening to my gut and also at, at recognizing certain patterns of behavior, patterns of disordered behavior that that personality disorder people exhibit um, and and better at seeing some of these red flags. And so when I see someone now in the media who's putting off obvious narcissistic or sociopathic vibes and no one, it doesn't seem to stop them. In fact, I think it helps them in some cases. I think that. Well, some people get off on it. Because yeah. they have, um, they have, like, I, I don't know, I don't know they where it comes followings. from. They build yes. followings. Yes. Um, but I don't know where it comes from, like, within their nature, like, whether it's there to begin with, that's the whole other story, or whether it's formulated throughout their, like, societal upbringing, like, that, that's what kind of, like, turns you into a sociopath, or, you know, like, going forward with, like, what you learned in your life and how it affected you. So like social media right now um, has been making kind of like a generation of narcissists as sociopaths in a way, because, yes. um, because of what you just said, like, for example, like the whole like, uh, like, like factor, like, I'm just going to do this because I want to get likes uh, and I want to be recognized for whatever this belief is. Um, even though I have no idea uh, of what I'm talking about. I'm just going to go and, you know, uh, yeah. put this opinion out there. For example, like right now, uh, the Kyle Ritten uh, Rittenhouse trial is going on. And you see like on Twitter, you go on there and you see like 
all these tweets from people uh most most of the time with blue check marks but a lot of like the you know the very ignorant tweets uh where they're talking about something about kyle or whatever and you're like well did you even watch the trial the trial has been televised and it's like these people just formulate their own opinions and then yeah. like just blurt it out online because they know there is a base that follows that opinion and that's all they want they don't actually care about facts or truth they just want to be recognized for being part of this club like yeah, you know they just want to speak to the base yep yeah yep and they're creating their own like you know bubbles of uh you know uh psycho uh, not i don't i don't like to say psycho like psychopath clubs or whatever but it, you know they want to be around similarly minded people just like we do like everybody everybody does that right like yeah. but they 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 especially want uh, those kind of, that kind of connection, I feel like. So that's why they're always like, you know, doing like blockchains and like doing like all these kind of uh, different things to surround themselves either with yes men or people who don't question them or yes. uh, just basically like uh, give them the credibility that they want because that's all they want is to just have credibility. And that's one of the things that I was yes. talking to Chrissy Mayer about and also Eric July that how much humor goes into uh, discrediting these these weirdos online, especially like these weirdo psychopaths that are like, you know, pushing things like, you know, the mask mandates and, you know, all the all the very yeah. unjust, uh, all the unjust things that are happening, because whether you're, you know, for the vaccine or not, uh, having it mandated and having like seeing right now what's going on in Austria where the police are going around asking for vaccine passports because now they've uh, mandated that they they no longer are allowed to be outside. Unvaccinated people are not allowed to be outside unless they have the vax pass. Um, seeing those images and seeing those things, it's just it just all goes into what is really happening. Um, and can we stop it is is the question. And I don't I don't know if we can at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find that answer, but I think that for me personally, uh, it's been um, understanding, and this has been a long time coming since I started this study of the human nature and the human mind, uh, is that we need to get decentralized. We need to move away from big cities. We need to get more involved in our local community. Build a local community if you have to. Uh, you know, get get off the centralized situation yeah. where you're you're constantly you know waiting on products to be delivered to you and you know all that kind of stuff. Because you know, get into food growth if you can. Like get into producing your own things. Uh, and that way, you're not you know, reliant on the government for everything. So that I've been trying to do that for a long time, 20 years, over 20 years. So. And what does that look like for you? Like you moved, you moved away from the city or. Well, I actually live kind of in the city right now because I live in Cancun. Uh, but when I lived in uh, Vancouver, yes, I moved away from the city. I went to the farm area. And uh, so now I've moved to, to Mexico where I'm trying to do the same thing, but I'm trying to rebuild everything in Mexico. So like right now we, we currently just, you know, we're looking at buying property. We're looking at, um, you know, just expanding what we've got and, and becoming more self-sufficient. So like that, you know, we, we want to uh, try out like growing food and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know what I mean? And we've done that in, in Canada. Like we, we did grow food in Canada. We did all that kind of stuff. And we're, we're just kind of like, 
let's let's move it over here where you're not so bogged down with all these different things from the city because that's one of the problems we had in Canada was doing anything you needed permission from the city for everything and it was just like a big yellow mm -hmm. tape or red tape around everything that you wanted to do a lot so, of bureaucracy a lot of bureaucracy and if you don't do it they'll just take it away from you they'll be like no uh this like we told you you can't do this or you should have known you couldn't do this so we're just going to take this away from you you're no longer allowed to be on this even though you own your own property uh because technically it's not your property it's the bank's property if you have a loan unless you do have a property then it gets even more complicated uh so it's just uh yeah. you know that's why i'm like you, you got to move away from big cities and uh, big cities brings more um subliminal messages and you know what i'm saying like more commercial binders yes. yeah spell binders and uh, yeah. all sorts of weird uh, weirdos uh, so i try to get away so with weird you're making me think of something that seems that might seem innocuous to some people but but at the time it did not and then i got accustomed to it and i guess it seemed innocuous again but when i first moved to los angeles i was moving not just from North and South Carolina, but also I was pretty much coming directly from Tanzania. I'd spent half a year there. Mm -hmm. And so the culture shock moving to LA was, it was a little high. It would have been high anyway, even if I just come straight from the Carolinas. Um, and one of the things that I noticed was that living in such a big city for the first time is what you're talking about. The messaging is everywhere. At the time I was just blown away with it in terms of, I was thinking about it in terms of consumerism and and advertising, but you know, there's messaging on every bus stop, every bus, everywhere your eyes alight during the everywhere. day, if you're driving to work, your eyes are hit with constant messaging. Yeah. Buy this, watch this, eat this, wear this, you know, yep. Yep. want yep. this, desire and this. And not, not to say that it's not like that anymore, even in small towns, because even if yeah. in the small towns you go like, you know, it, it, there's still going to be some aspect of that. But the more you like, I feel like the further out you go, especially towards nature, the less you're going to see of that. And the more you're going to be connected to nature, because I mean, nature is healing in itself, right? Like they, we, there's so much healing properties within nature and just being closer to nature will help you and your psychology and everything about you. That's part of the reason they want us to, you know, be not in nature and like, you know, be disconnected because when you're disconnected from the earth and your fellow human beings are a lot more likely, likely to do heinous things and, you know, not want to be part of that society. Um, uh, that, well, I mean, and it's weird to like using the word society. Um, it's weird because I like constantly hear, for example, like on TV right now or like not TV because I don't watch TV, but on social media and like on the news clips from the media um, where, for example, they're interviewing Fauci and, you know, Fauci will be like, well, you know, you got to do this, this and this if you want to be part of society. And I'm always like, well, I don't really want to be part of the society that you're building. Uh, I no yeah, longer exactly. want to be part of that psycho society. Uh, I think that in a, in a way we are like, we are building separate societies. There are yes. places that are completely disconnected now uh, with regards to what's going on. For example, Florida and Texas, yes. whereas in like, you see some, like you have a different society going on over there where you have a completely different society in Vancouver, Canada, or anywhere, like even Los Angeles, uh, where you have like, you know, complete mandates and blah, 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 blah. 
and then you have freedom there. So you see like the old world where the new world are kind of like, there's two, just two separate ones happening. And I think you're going to see more and more of that on a smaller scale and on a bigger scale. Yeah. Uh, I think people are just going to, uh, like people think that this is going to end. It's not going to end. Uh, it's just going to change. And what yeah. like that, that change means is that you're going to, that's why there's such a mass exodus everywhere right now. Like if you're in California and you're like, even if you're a liberal, uh, you may not necessarily agree with what's going on with regards to the mandates and stuff like that. And you'd be like, well, where can I go? Oh, okay. Like Florida's free. Texas is free, blah, blah, blah. And you're just kind of like drawn to these like other places because you're like, well, I kind of want my life back. You know, even if you don't want to admit to yourself that like, oh, I'm going to a red state or whatever. At some point, everyone has like a level, right? That they're like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not willing to cross over this anymore. So like once you get to that level, then then you'll start making changes within your own life. And I think that that's going to happen more and more and more because a lot of people think that there's going to be like civil war happening or something like that. I don't think that's the case. I think we're just going to, by nature, like just just separate, not like in a war, like not in the in the conventional, like the old school, like, oh, let's pick up guns and kill each other. And I don't think that's just I don't think it's going to happen. Interesting. We just read for book club. We just read Texas, which is by Daniel Miller. And he's basically laying out a case for Texas exiting the union and mm-hmm. And he doesn't necessarily think, because I always have, I think we're led to believe that it would it would necessarily result in a war. And I believed that for a while, but his book changed my mind about that. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to lean more towards your, what you're saying is that it might just be a, a, you might be able to achieve a peaceful separation in the way that Brexit happened. Kind of, you yeah. Know, he was comparing it more to the Brexit movement and, and less to secession in you know, in, in the way that we think of secession historically. Exactly, exactly. Because I mean, like everything is, everything has changed. And, and I think that um, even with, with regards to tyranny, right? Like they have, they have a blueprint. They know what's worked. They know what's ha- what hasn't worked. And they're like, okay, we like, n- we have this blueprint. We, we know what to do now to, to, to get people to, uh, you know, succumb to our will. That's why they keep like, uh, doing these weird things where they're like, oh, this is for the, for your own good. Uh, you know, they try to, they, they try yeah. to, you know, paint themselves as these kind of like bleeding hearts. Like, you know, all we care about is you and your well being. So when we told yeah. you not to go see grandma, we, we only cared about you and your grandma. They didn't, they never cared. <laughs> you know what no. I'm saying? Like they, they had no, they, there's no care at all. In fact, what they care about is keeping people sick because that's how they make money. Yeah. That's why, that's why cancer has never been cured because they're, they're in the business of keeping people sick and well, keeping people unhealthy. unhealthy look at the Kyle time. Rittenhouse trial that when you mentioned is a great example. Here's a guy who went to try and protect private property and businesses from being destroyed and looted, many of which were black owned. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys he defended himself against and killed was a convicted pedophile who yep. was using the N word. And yet they still tell us they care about white supremacy and race and all these. And it's like, but you guys are, are vilifying someone who was there to defend black businesses and kill someone who used the N word. And somehow he's the white supremacist. 
Like, well, that's the thing, right, Carrie? Because the spellbinders <laughs> are putting out this narrative where most people don't even know that the guys he killed were white. A lot of people think that they're black. Um, yeah. And it's really like it's the most bizarre thing to me that uh, that even like even with what's going on with as high uh, uh, like a high case trial. Is that what is high that profile? Like? High profile, thank you. As high profile of a case that this is with regards to Kyle, uh, that people still don't know any of the facts. Like they're yeah. not watching the trial or like they, they have these formulated things in their minds and then they're like, okay, we're just going to run with this. And uh, like they, they haven't even looked up who these victims were. It's the most bizarre thing, but at the same time, it makes complete sense when you read something like protocol pharmacology and you find out what goes into making these spellbinders uh, do the things that they do. And then what happens when you are spellbound and yeah. when, you know, when there's really nothing you can do unless you receive an extreme shock where you, you know, you wake up um, or as I guess some people like to call it black pilled or blue pilled or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you have to go through something like that on a personal level That's in order to me. actually see what is happening. Uh, and sometimes yeah. it can be very extremely painful. Yeah. That's what happened to me. And it's funny because you, you, I did have to go through something personal and, and it was a, it's it, sometimes when people ask like, how do I, how do I wake up my girlfriend or my friend or my daughter? It, and it's hard to give advice because there's not like a book, this book list will do it, you know, or this, mm -hmm. <laughs> watch these documentaries and it'll do it. No, there's nothing like that. And, and on some level, you almost want to say, well, I hope they have a nervous breakdown of some kind I know, or a traumatic weird. event because you don't want to wish that on someone, but it almost, almost every person I've met who's left the social justice world and that spell, that mm -hmm. idea, that bad ideology they went through a personal transformation. They went through a really yep. dark period and then a rebirth and having to figure out who they were. And there was something traumatic that happened that caused them to then be able to, like you said, it's a jolt, it's a shock to the system and your mm -hmm. eyes are newly open to everything. Yep. It's, it's hard to explain, but yeah, you know, it's almost like you don't want to wish that on anyone, but I also happen to think it's for the people who have actually had real transformations. There's a lot of con artists out there now. There's a lot of this, this con artist, like, I'm going to pretend that I've, I think it's, I think it's becoming uh, that word that gets overused, but a grift of its own of like, yeah. I'm going to pretend to have left this party and joined this party or left this thing. And I'm like, wow, I can tell that you, if, if, it, if you claim that it happened quickly for you, I don't believe you. And if it yeah. involves some kind of personal transformation, I don't believe you. Yeah. It's as simple as switching your ideas it's a it's a whole change in the way you live absolutely you know? and and the the people who do that are really easy to spot because yeah. um you know they're just so fake and inauthentic that you're like yeah you are you're a faker like yeah, you you can tell yeah. pretty fast especially when you've gone through that transformation yourself you're like okay i can spot the faker like a mile away yeah. Um, and well, I mean, you the, can, but this gets back to what we were saying before about how many people can't. Right. And, and the same thing with politicians. Like I look at someone like a Kamala Harrison. Mm. It's obvious to me she's sociopathic. The way she laughs, her mannerisms, they're, they're studied, they're performative. It's like an alien trying to impersonate a human. Mm -hmm. And I don't see why other people can't. 
Like, I mean, other people do see it, but I don't see why that's not obvious to everyone. Maybe it right. is. Maybe that's why she only got 1%. <laughs> yeah well the spellbinders are trying to make you think like you know that people like her a lot more than than, than they do like her uh so i think that i think that there's a bit of uh like i, I understand completely what you're saying because i'm i've always been like you, not that i like trump or anything like it wasn't like i i wasn't a huge fan of trump uh yeah. but at, at the same time i thought that he had a better grasp on what was going on and was doing better for your country than Biden was um, in, in some senses. Uh, and then like seeing Biden in the state that he's in, like he's, he's, he seems like he's just like near the end of his life and he's yeah. very old and he has dementia or something or like, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and to think that he got the most votes out of like all your president, it's just, it's dumbfounding to me. And it, in a way I feel like, cause we like being someone like I am, I've always been into like conspiracy theories and like, you know, all that, all that stuff. Um, I, I don't think that I, I just, I really feel like he is a puppet. He, and he, like, he oh. is an embodiment of a puppet. Like, I don't think you've yes. ever come closer to a president who is as much of a puppet as Biden. Nina, is. This is, have Same. you heard what we've said on the show? I've said this several times. When he was running, I was we were saying this. He's a puppet, and it's not that the way I was trying to describe the difference. Like you are, you just say he's like the biggest puppet. It's like uh, most politicians, I believe, are puppets, mm -hmm. but Biden has so he has a very large puppet hold. So there's lots of hands up there <laughs> controlling him. Yeah, <laughs> it's that bizarre. <laughs> because I mean, I was having a conversation with someone. I was like, "Well, who do you think is mostly his handler? Handler like Jill Biden? Because I mean, he like he goes to yeah. her for everything. He's always like, you know, like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Like, you know, where Jill? Like, yeah. you know, where am I supposed to go? And Jill's always there, being like, "Come over here, like, you know, or do yeah. this or do that." But I think it's his entire base who's yes. like, you know, just you know, putting yeah, the hands up there. Um, I think it's a lot, a lot of it has to do with his base. I think like maybe Jill is like kind of like his handler now, but like otherwise uh, everyone's taking advantage of the guy because he has no idea what's going on. Um, and I think that, see, and, and that's the part that gets really mucky for me with regards to Biden himself, because I feel like Biden, if you look at his history as, as a politician, you will know that Biden is, a complete psychopath himself. He was. He definitely was a very conscious, sociopathic man, uh, narcissistic, whatever you want to call him. Label him whatever you want. He was not a normal person. He lied a lot. Uh, and I think lying kind of gets your, uh, becomes a part of, when when lying becomes a part of your core, um, you change as a person. You yeah. you completely change. I like you, you change your frequency as a person because we're all yes. very we are frequency beings. So I think that you change that. And the amount of time this man has lied and tried. I mean, he's tried to like he he got caught running for president lying like in the in the eighties. I think it was like 86, 84, 86. Uh, I don't remember what year it was exactly, but he got caught lying um, and stealing somebody else's speech and like all the stuff. And plagiarizing, yeah. He plagiarizing, yeah. And um, and I think that uh, now we've come to a point where we're like, oh, we feel sorry for him because he's so old and frail and feeble and like all the stuff. But really, that's who he always was. It's it's that 
now he's just become like now it's like he's like a lion without a fang. It doesn't mean he's no longer a lion. He just doesn't have his fangs anymore and he can't bite you. But he's still that same old lion that has like, you know, ate basically the entire jungle. Uh, now you're just having this guy who's completely feeble. And now other not, the other lions are like, OK, let's, you know make this guy do whatever we want him to do. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that he he's innocent. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't know. I don't feel as bad for him as everyone because everyone's like always like, oh, poor Biden. He's so old. He should be in a nursing home. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think he's he's gotten to this point because of how evil he was all his life. I don't think it has anything yeah. to do with him being like, you know, this poor misunderstood old man now. I think that in itself is also an image that they're trying to put out, that he's just so misunderstood and old and he doesn't know what he's saying. And He's just the grandpa. Guy. Yeah, he's yeah. just poor old grandpa. Like I saw him like, uh, I saw this other thing from him the other day where he's hugging and kissing this little boy and uh, it looked really creepy. Um, but apparently, I guess that the video is of his grandson, though, like at, at a funeral. I saw that, too. Yeah. Um, and I was like, uh, you know, either way, it's creepy to look at because it's just I don't know. It's just there's something so creepy about him that you're like and, you know, like if you know the stuff that, you know, the conspiracy people people have known like me uh, about his ties to like Epstein Island and like all the stuff like that you still get creeped out because you're like, oh, like this guy is yeah. just, and then he got the 80 million votes. Like I don't, or 86 million or whatever. Supposedly. I don't, supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. <laughs> I don't really I think any... it's the spellbinders, man. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't, don't have any know. faith in the electoral process anymore. So. You don't? I, uh, no, the bigger the election, the less faith I have in it. And I was going to ask that. Do you, like, what about local elections? Do you still think that I have there's greater faith in those? those. Yeah. Okay. The small ones. And I also have, I think they matter more. I think so too. I, I think so too. Especially yeah. like, like for school board and things like that, that really matter. Like I, I have always, I've always told people they should get involved, like get involved in your community. Uh, like one of the things that, you know, was going on last year with regards to like the whole George Floyd thing and ha that happened, uh, you know, and everyone was like, you know, well, what do we do kind of thing? Like, this is all this stuff. And I'm like, well, get involved, get involved in your community, like get involved in, you know, your law enforcement, you know, volunteer your time if you have to, like, you know, get involved and get to know these people on the ground. Because when you do know them, it's a lot less likely that there's going to be this disconnect when it comes to helping you as a human being. Cause when you have a connection, if you have, if you have human connection, there's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more likely that you're going to be heard and then people are going to come to your yeah. aid when you need it than when there is none, you know, that's why big cities are so messed up. Like I heard the other day, um, you know, like some lady got something really bad happened to them on a Philadelphia or Philadelphia train train. Um, and, and apparently everybody just watched and nobody did anything. This is something I've noticed as well. Living in LA for as long as I did, I lived in New York for a year as well. And then living in small town, like I've been doing for the past few years, plus, you know, growing up in a small town, just being able to see that difference in the way you're connected to your community in a smaller town and the way that you're more anonymous in a, in a big city. Mm -hmm. And I've, no, I've the the past few times I've driven through Austin or past Austin on the highway and looked mm -hmm. and it to me 
it looks like a hellscape now. <laughs> it's just massive skyscrapers going up everywhere. Concrete jungle. Yeah. Concrete jungle. It's starting mm -hmm. to look like LA to me from a distance. And every time I go down there, it's, it's massively different in, in just a span of a two, like two or three years, they've put up all kinds of uh, mixed use, you know, buildings. So they have like um, a Whole Foods and a Target and then on top, like lots of condos and then behind mm -hmm. it more condos and, and they're just, they're building Cramp all these spaces, spaces, cramming people in. Mm -hmm. It's starting to look a lot more like LA and New York and people are going to become more anonymous towards mm -hmm. one another. You're not going to know your neighbors. Even walking around there this weekend, there was this um, YouTuber, Sarah Higdon was here. And so we went and hung out on Congress and, and it was that it's what you're talking about, Nina. It's just this sort of, um, if you were to be robbed, I don't know if people would respond in the same way as if it happened on a street here in a small town mm -hmm. and, and then it, take that and juxtapose it with what it's like living in a small town. We're moving further out. I'm following your advice without realizing I was following your advice. So we're moving further out to the country and I got stuck in the mud a couple of weeks ago, uh, it had rained a very, very heavy rain. Anyway, my truck got stuck and immediately different neighbors who I don't even know in this new place, different guys with big trucks pulled over mm -hmm. and an old guy and his wife came walking up. Somebody came walking up from over here. The, it's like the whole town's like, let's get you out of the mud. Nice. One person brings a chain. Another person brings a truck. Yep. That's small town living, man. Like, Everybody yes. loves each other and everybody wants to help. You know, what's weird to me is like, the other thing that I feel like they always do in like, for example, in entertainment, because they want it, they, they want to make you feel like this is not normal or whatever. Like, I always feel like there's always these movies and these stories and all this stuff about how being in a small town is not good. Like, cause then you, yeah. you know, you're always like, you know, be scared because these people are weirdos. They might want to kill you. Like, you know, like it's like, always, like, you know, they're always trying to make it seem like the small towns are the freaks. And it's like, no, in reality, the small towns are like where real legit community is built and like, yeah. like actual friendships and, you know, people caring about one another and like all this stuff. And it's in the big cities where like the zombie, the zombies reside and they're, they're you right. know, they don't give a shit about you and they just care about what's on their phone and they just want to, you know, be, you're right. It, like it's, it's, it's like so weird. Texas Chainsaw Massacre or uh deliverance. Da -da 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 like that. Uh, well, like <laughs> that, that other movie, like, uh, what was it? I saw something recently that I was like, oh, of course, like this, the small towns are always like, you know, the murderers. Uh, I forget. <laughs> the only thing I the only thing I remember, like even in TV that like even resembled something like a small town actually being what a small town's like was Gilmore Girls, where they had like this really small town and the and the 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 town in itself was like a character because that's how small towns are because they're so connected to each other that it, it forms its own personality. So like, yeah. I think that like, that's probably the only TV show I've ever seen that a small town has been portrayed as very accurately as, as a soulful place where good people reside and they actually just want to help each other and be part of each other's lives and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's just like, it's just funny. I think that, I think that there's something to that as well, that like, there's always this like 
thing about like stay away from small towns, all <laughs> racist, and they all want to kill you. And like I was just like, okay. Oh. I always hey, try to do the opposite of what they tell me. I want to keep do. out the people that that would work on. So let's just keep making those movies. <laughs> like you guys stay in your big cities. It's cool. Yeah. Like, hey, they are, they are yeah. entertaining too. They are entertaining. Yeah, they are. Actually, I found out we were looking up uh, 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 do you know actual justice warrior Sean Fitzgerald? He has no. a channel. You you guys would probably dig each other. You should meet him. Anyway, he he was talking about horror movies. He wants to shoot a horror movie at my new old house in Texas. And Ooh. and then we were talking about famous movies that were shot at houses in Texas. And somebody asked, "Where's the where's the uh, house from Texas Chainsaw Massacre?" And I wasn't sure, so we looked it up. It's twelve minutes from my house. Oh my god! Are you serious? <laughs> yes. I feel like we're seeing now. You should totally go see it. Oh my god! Yeah. You know what's funny is I've never watched that movie because the idea freaks me out. I'm like, I'm yeah. not watching this movie. I'm like, that's so creepy. Like, it's creepy. Somebody did that. That's insane. I mean, I mean, that happens, right? But like, I guess that's that's what they call the outliers, right? Like, well, that movie was so so. I don't know. Are you familiar with the serial killer Ed Gein? I um, don't know. So you got to look this guy up. He's talking, talk, speaking of psychopaths. Um, he, I think it was the early 1900s and he had made, he was killing people. He was also digging at corpses and he was turning people into lampshades and stuff. Oh, when gosh. they actually found that, like, you know, discovered that he was behind some of these disappearances and they raided his house. They found all different kinds of human remains. He had even taken... Uh, like a, I think it was earlobes or belly buttons or something to make the lampshade poles. You know, he just was oh fashioning stuff out of out of uh, human body parts. Just very, I mean, the definition of a ghoul. Yeah. Ghoulish. And so his story, there were so many different iconic horror films that get, that got inspiration from that mm. that wicked guy. And so um, I've been told Psycho was based on him because he also had this weird relationship with his mom and when she died he sealed up the room and and so the oh. guy who wrote psycho based a lot on him the guy who wrote texas chainsaw massacre based it a lot on him and there was a third one oh buffalo bill in silence of the lambs oh. they based on him so he he inspired a lot of really horrific but iconic uh, that's interesting i'll have to look into him yeah. i uh i had never i'd never heard of this guy before yeah it's a if I just I looked at why it is creepy. that women are more into this stuff than guys. I know, like, I always generally know I can talk to a woman about true crime and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> like, it's because we're, I think it's because we're like, I don't like to use the word like we're, we're just we're smaller and we're like, you know, we have to watch out for predators all the time. You know what I mean? So like we just like we're into that and then like we're into like what makes a predator a predator? Like what, like that's for, that's, that, that's what it's like for me. Like what, yeah. what makes you tick? Like I don't, cause I don't like, I, I understand what makes me tick, but what makes you tick yeah. is, is um like really fascinating, especially when it comes to psychopaths, because I'm like, man, these people are like aliens They're like literally yes. aliens on earth. They're like completely different than us. We are yes. not, we're not the same species. And, and what you were talking about early in the interview about when you're a person who's not disordered and you're trying to project 
the normal range of human emotion or human uh, uh, inspiration, motivation, human motivation onto people, you're going to get it wrong if you're do if you're doing that to mm-hmm. someone who's personality disordered because the motivations are not the same. No, the it's not, not at all. Um, it's very actually, it's actually very similar to that movie American Psycho where he's yes. like, you know, always like kind of like he goes in front of the mirror and he's like, and he's just like practicing how to smile because they're like yes. that. They don't know how to do it. They yes. want to pretend that they are you, they want to pretend they have these emotions, but they know they don't have the emotions and they know, and not that, not only they know that they're different, they find themselves to be superior. That's the other thing is that it's not, it's not only that they think that they're different. Oh, well, I'm different, whatever. It's that I'm superior and everybody else has to become like me because I'm the superior one. They think that we're inferior. Yeah. That we're primitive and yes. having human emotions and stuff is a, is a primitive form that they're somehow more mm-hmm. involved. Absolutely. But then they will mimic having emotions and mimic the exactly. normal range of human expression. To try especially pass, because like- it, especially like the predatory psychopaths, like for example, like people who want to, um, and these are mostly like narcissists that want to prey on women that they basically kind of like latch on and then they they formulate relationships with them. But the relationship is comp- completely based on like a psych- psychopath, a psycho- psychopath, psychopathy relation, a relationship where they've latched on like kind of like a, a parasite and they just want to suck this person, drive everything, including monetary gain and it, like like yeah. money love energy everything like they just take all of it from from these women there's a book about that called um the by Martha Stout I believe that no not the sociopath so this one is women who love psychopaths and also oh sorry it's by Sandra uh Brown um it's uh, it's she also wrote women who run with wolves i believe and okay. these are really good books uh to share here i'm going to share my screen so you can see okay. um women who love psychopaths inside relationships of inevitably harm with psychopaths sociopath narcissists so if you ever like know a woman that's been in love with a psychopath they'll like they'll understand this book inside and out or if you ever feel like you know a woman that's about to be able, yes. like like get into a relationship with a psychopath like just give them this book and be like hey before you read this you may want to you may want to read this book uh and because and she also has a test in in the book where like women can check off what kind of person this person is that they're that they're dating um yeah. to find out if they're a psychopath or not and it's a pretty legit test of like you know it's pretty it's pretty interesting it's very reflective of what uh what happens and so i've actually given this book um to a lot of my girlfriends because they were always like well you know like i especially like if they're like in love with like getting a relationship with very toxic men or whoever but usually those people um and, and there there's just a lot of them out there because um like i said we we're all narcissistic we all have a little bit of it in us mm-hmm. Some people just feed that more. And if you're watching this afterwards, it's not just women that go through this. There's a lot of men that go through it as well. So don't think that I'm being sexist here. 
Women can be very psychopathic. So this could also apply, like reverse the word, just turn the word woman to men. It could apply to women as well. So like, you know, it's not just for women. Nina, do you know the the podcast Disaffected? If we talked about that before, yes, yes. Josh Slocum. I started yeah. watching it after you uh, you recommended it to me. So amazing. But he talks about all of the cluster B personality disorders and you know, sociopathy being one of them, the the antisocial personality disorder. But he also talks a lot about uh borderline personality disorder. And that I think is maybe more accurate uh a categorization for a lot of the the women, I, I've known some men who've become involved with personality disordered women. Mm-hmm. And I would say those women probably fall more in that camp, maybe in the NPD as well. But when, if you've ever seen a friend, like a guy who's struggling with a woman where it's, it's sort of emotionally volatile, expecting you to be a mind reader, mm-hmm. getting upset with you, gaslighting you, don't make any sense. Yeah. Gaslighting you and, and just this constant chaotic roller coaster. And you're always walking on eggshells because you don't know what's going to set them off. Yes, exactly. Modifying your behavior. Do you Mm. think that these things are becoming more common? Josh and I have talked about this before. Do you think that these personality disorders are becoming more common or is it just that we haven't noticed them before or what's going on? I think that, I think it's twofold. I think that's always been there. Um, but I think that the like the, the social media factor has put in another it's a there's another aspect to it now, because I think that it was definitely um, it's a predominant thing that's that's happened in our society for a long time. Um, I just think that like with with the social like social media has ha- like as time goes on, right? you 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 see these new aspects of of psychology seeping into or psychopathy seeping into different aspects of our lives like for example being a social justice warrior or whatever usually like we we it happened to us because we see injustice like you know everyone sees injustice to some extent and they did they don't know why it's there or like why it's happening so we've seen these like these, there's these different things that are wrong with our lives. Like, okay, for example, we we know that some women have had it a lot harder than men throughout history. Uh, you know, like there's that's why feminism exists. Like, you know, these these types of things have happened, and it all goes with psychopathy and you know what ha- has happened in our lifetimes that has contributed to people feeling disenfranchised. Um, so, like, I think that there was a point where we were kind of like leveling out a little bit because we were starting to question a lot of these things and starting to read more and digest more information about psychopathy in general. But then I think that once social media hit the scene, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Like there's, there's good things about it. And then there's bad things because people get like entirely caught up Mm -hmm. in that same thing that they're trying to stop like being a narcissist, like, you know, like having Instagram. Like I remember when like the, you know, the selfie thing first came out. I was like, wait, so we're just taking the selfie stick? Of- yeah, like not yeah. just the selfie the uh-huh. idea of the selfie in general, yes. like to, to yes. take a picture of yourself 
and to like look at yourself and be like, oh, look at me. I'm so pretty today. I'm going to post this on social media. Because before that, taking a picture was usually, you know, someone takes it of you. Somebody takes it of you, or it, it was something else like, you know, you're taking a picture of scenery or like whatever. And that, like we took that out. Like we took this, even like this thing where it's involved in like two people are involved in this and we taken it out and given it to a machine. And now we're just yes. taking selfies, which Can is I like, say, you know, Nina, I vibe with you. So we are <laughs> vibrating on a similar frequency. <laughs> I know. I love Only that too. I, this is a, a, just a pet peeve of mine is for a while. And I, and I don't want anyone to feel like I'm personally attacking them. I've had a, I think I have a few selfies anyway on my, on my Instagram, but for the most part, I don't, there's something that's always grossed me out about that. And when I see a person's feed, if that's all it is, mm. it's just selfie, 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 selfie. And it, uh, it, there's something so self-absorbed about it, but also, uh, like no shame in do like sometimes like it's like wow you're and also it's not even like nice photos like you're in the bathroom and you're taking a selfie every oh time. Like, god like so in the what, bathroom do, the ones that they do in front of the mirror when they have like that like especially yes. the dudes and they take their shirts off and they do it in front of the mirror and i'm like so you're standing in front of me you're, you're literally like narcissus like you're standing in front of yes. the mirror looking at yourself and then taking a picture of that it's like and again i'm not like, hating on I, like, no, no, like no. you said i agree there's elements of narcissism in all of us and in general mm-hmm. higher rates of narcissism in our, our current society and in mm-hmm. everyone than there used to be in part yeah. because of stuff like this is yeah. popular. Like and, don't get me yeah. wrong, my entire Instagram is selfies. Okay. Like I'm not <laughs> people like my mine is selfies because like my husband doesn't like pictures, so he doesn't take pictures of me. So I had to get a good camera that I can take pictures of myself. Okay, now gonna go uh, but like you know what I mean? But like otherwise <laughs> I love taking pictures with people. I'm just like, I just remember when it first started, I was like, because at the time I was reading all these books and I was like, this is such a narcissistic society. Like we li- like we're literally living in a place. We're yeah. living in a world where we have coined the term selfie, where it's literally like, you know, a picture of the self. Uh, you know, condensed in this little word like selfie, like sociopath. I like, like you know. <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. Oh, you take a good photo. Thank uh, you. I you try. Do. You do. I'm following you now. Um, Yay. Anyway, no. So that that was a pet peeve for a while. But like, like I said, don't get me wrong. There's the. I have my own selfies that I've done, and my husband just taught me how to do the timer when I get it right. <laughs> Oh my God. There's I all have these to things on my phone I don't even know about. He's like, I know. Do this? But, um, but one of the things lately, that's my pet peeve. Tell me what you think about this. This is another weird narcissism trend or thing. It's all the filters. And I'm not just talking about lighting filters. I'm talking about the ones where they're literally airbrushing your whole face yeah. to where it doesn't even look human. It looks like, like a soft, uh, anime character or something yeah and those to me they blow my mind that people would even post those because they don't look real it's, yeah it's sort of like um you know there i forget which hollywood celebrity it was that says you know if you're going to get plastic surgery make sure it's good plastic surgery mm-hmm. sort of thing. if you're going to airbrush your face make sure you're airbrushing it like, like it's good because yeah. otherwise it's just sort of this it looks like you're wearing a halloween mask yeah it doesn't, it doesn't look, look right real. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of look very plastic. And um, I mean, like, I 
I'm, I, I don't like filters on phones and stuff like that. Like I, I use it sometimes because I think like, I just want to actually, I, I, I do it when I want to make the colors pop out more. Cause I like, sometimes yeah. I feel like they don't like I the lighting yeah. doesn't catch the, like the lipstick or whatever. So I'll like, you know, turn down the contrast or whatever, turn up the contrast, whatever. So you can get that, like the shade of lipstick, like an extra shade of pink kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like artsy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like otherwise, like I totally, I, I understand what you're mean. And the other one that like kind of creeps me out nowadays is like- the big eyes? Well, not right. the big eyes, the, the Reface app. That stuff freaks me out. Cause I'm like, okay, so now- that, um, one? that one is like the one where people take a picture of themselves and then they juxtapose that picture onto like a movie scene that like of the characters. So now it's like a gif of like, you know, you could, you, you could take a picture of yourself. It's called like reface or whatever. And then it's like an app and then you take your picture and then you put it on Gal Gadot's face and then you become Wonder Woman. So then you can see yourself as whatever character the movie is. Um, and I think those are like really creepy to me. Like I've never done one. Like I had someone do one for me because they wanted to see me like what I look like as, but I have such a com conspiracy theory, theory mind where I'm like, A, I don't want to take pictures and like give it to like any apps in general. Like I'm like, I don't yeah. know what you're doing with this like collection <laughs> of photos that are like, you know, you're collecting here. And then two, I feel like it's- They it's, insert you in a crime. Well, yeah, but also I feel like it's narcissistic. It's like another level of narcissism where it's like, I'm literally becoming this character um, and I just want to, you know, it's not even like, it's it's like another step over cosplaying it because I like cosplaying, but it's like, I'm becoming this person and I can see myself in this person. And I, and I have a problem with this idea of like the idea of seeing yourself in and entertainment because I feel like it's become so uh like hammered in now where you're like like it's a it's a constant battle of like the whole diversity thing and the diversity yeah. hires and wanting to see yourself in everything and I'm like you know it's good not to see yourself in some things um it's good to separate yourself uh, you know, take a step back, let people be other people, and then teach you lessons. Because that's how you learn as a society is by not being in everything and actually observing society once in a while. I feel like, again, that's like a narcissistic trait that we're it doing. Is. We constantly want to see ourselves in everything. Did you see the news uh, recently from Sesame Street that they're introducing the first Asian American Muppet? And they had a yes. picture of her with Ernie, and I saw somebody ask the question, a very good question, well, what race is Ernie? Like we never knew Bert and Ernie's race or the mm -hmm. pink one or any of the, you could see yourself as a kid in all of these characters, Cookie yep. Monster, Oscar the Grouch, you know, I used Gonzo to pretend was I was the Little Mermaid from, uh, you know, the Little Mermaid from the Disney's version uh, for years. I like you know, reenacted uh, myself as a little mermaid when I was a kid, you know, like, and I don't have red hair and I'm not a white girl, um, you know, like, it's just, I, but I saw myself as the little mermaid because I, you know, I identified with her as a, as a little kid. I understood what it was like to want to be somewhere else. Cause I grew up in Iran and in Iran, uh, you know, you're very, uh, what's the word repressed and um you know you want to be somewhere else like i wanted to be somewhere else so i identified with her story of wanting to be somewhere else not you know what her hair looked like or whatever i just you know i just identified with 
her person and her character. And I think that that's what kids do. They identify with the person of the character. They don't really care what they look like or, uh, you know, they're, you know, maybe they they care a little bit what they look like when it comes to cute stuff like Elmo. Like, I mean, Elmo is like a cute, fuzzy red character. And, you know, what's there not to like about Elmo? Um, But I mean, like, other than now, especially now that he's gone on this weird vaccine tirade like everybody take the box now oh my god i was just the bird (laughs) oh my god no they all did it freaking like the garbage guy did it elmo did it It was oscar the grouch like oscar the grouch is like get vaxxed everybody and i'm like dude uh you you live in a trash can like don't don't tell me don't tell me stuff oh my goodness okay nina tell me a little bit about what compelled you to start your show and also, two two big questions. So you can start this however you want. How did how do you think uh, being from Iran has affected your clear sightedness when it comes to looking at the world and, and being objective about what's going on in the world? Um, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm going to start with the uh, Iran question first. Um, so a lot to to put it shortly, a lot. I think that my life. Um, has it's a very interesting I've lived a very interesting life because I've lived in basically three different countries now uh four if you count LA uh because I lived there for a little bit too but um but especially in Iran and moving to Canada from Iran when I was a kid um I I experienced a huge culture shock when I moved to Canada Um, And then as I grew up and I learned about the Iranian history and what happened um, to basically cause my parents, my mom to leave Iran. Uh, So like the idea of the revolution and then, um, you know, how uh, how it all went down and how basically like the 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 communists uh, were used by the Islamics to get rid of the monarchy and then having and then being betrayed and then being betrayed and having the communists be betrayed by the 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 islamists and then basically killed off uh, so that they can you know instill the theocracy that's going on in iran is a very it's a very very um interesting thing that happened in my culture's history and i think that that has helped me form my thoughts now as an adult as you that the, the, the things I see about, especially about communism, comes from that a lot. Uh, seeing that communism doesn't work at all in any society, the, the, the closest it's ever come to working has been maybe in Cuba, but that's because they literally like shut themselves off from the rest of the world and didn't, you know, they didn't get anything else done. Uh, the, their people weren't very happy about it though. So, like, I don't know even if you could argue that 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 it worked. Uh, but like every other society, whether it's Russia or China, like any, any, it's never worked well uh, in any society. And it's always basically thrown every society in turmoil. That's why now I'm, I'm in shock where I'm like, I can't believe the kids in the United States actually think that communism can save them from anything. It, 
Yeah. there's all this history where like go, go look at it and you know like all this new generation has like the oh well it's never been done right before so we can do it better now and I, I think that's very naive but that's that's every generation's right to be naive when you're young you're you're naive and you think yeah. that's something's gonna work and it's not gonna work but yeah to like answer your uh, to your question yes it's definitely helped me uh shape who I am today as a woman and um understanding that like my mom fought for um, the original feminist ideas, like the OG feminist ideas of the freedom of choice and the freedom to, uh, you know, have independent thought and to be able to uh, not just equal rights, but like to just be able to like, you know, live as a person, um, you know, these, especially the freedom of choice was the the foundation of classic feminism, which my mom was and instilled in me. And that's why the new feminism and like all the stuff that's coming out now, that's like that that looks like feminism but is not again i feel like has been infiltrated by psychopaths like that movement has been completely infiltrated by psychopaths and changed completely and they've ponderized the feminism movement they ponderized the you know the um the civil rights movement how the civil rights movement was affected it's been like you know it's been infiltrated these these movements they all get infiltrated because they yeah. realize when people come together and actually get shit done they're like oh uh no 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 like the people in power the psychopaths are like no 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 uh we can't have these people uh wake other people up and you know, stop our spellbinding of all these people. We can't have that happen. We need to infiltrate, 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 and make them become our team instead. And that's usually yeah. what happens. So they they put their agents in there, and then they you know they take over from the inside. They they've always have done that. So that's why new feminism or neo feminism, as I like to call it, um, has been has is infiltrated and now it's become like oh let's hate men instead of like let's have a choice <laughs> like you know like let's you know can i have a choice to have a job uh, and a career instead of uh you know going and raising babies and you know be being a housewife or whatever you want to call it right um or like you know in neo-feminists they look down on that like if you want to be a traditional uh home home raiser home homemaker uh like those those things are taboo now like you tell someone that you want to raise a family and you want to be a homemaker, most feminists will call you like will think that, that that's that's horrible. That's a horrible thing. And, you you know, you have internalized misogyny and there's something wrong with you that you don't want to take advantage of being able to go off to work. Uh, you know, like that. It, it's the craziest yeah. thing to me. And I'm like. Well, that that's what it means when the when a movement gets infiltrated and and you get all these different kinds and converted of converted like, and yeah yeah they're doing the same thing with the church right now. Um, they're trying to infiltrate the Christian church and and to use your word, ponderize it. But they're I think they're trying to turn it into an agent for the same bad communist Marxist ideology and. Mm -hmm put God's stamp on it. So it's like in every place that it can seep, it, yep. it seeps into mm -hmm. and tries to turn people who have good intent mm -hmm. into foot soldiers for the very things they think they're fighting against. Mm -hmm. uh, that's very true and accurate. The only thing that 
The thing, the scarier thing about the church, though, I feel like is that the church is also rooted in, in a really dark history as well. So, like, I feel like a lot of and a lot of that also has to do with psychopathy. The thing about the church is that um, I've always been like, because I, I believe not that I like not that I believe in Jesus, but I do believe in Jesus Christ in the terms of like, because I'm I'm not religious. I'm an agnostic person. I believe in all religions. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, I, I, and I believe in God. I think that, uh, I think that God exists. Uh, I just don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it's any specific thing that happened. And, you know, everybody has their own version of, you know, religious beliefs that they believe in. But I think that like, beca because I come from Iran, again, going back to Iran and seeing uh, a very deep rooted uh, you know, religion take over a society and um, manipulate it the way it has. And the things that I've seen, it made me kind of a little bit like, you know, step back from, from organized religion, the way that it's been run. So I think that the church, um, especially if you look at history, obviously has, you know, some dark history. Um, but I think that it also, uh, what's lacking now and what goes into all of this as well is the lack of spirituality that people are feeling. So they've been, it's kind of like throwing out the baby with the bathwater, right? Like you yeah. have a, you have an organization like the church and, and spirituality where, where it teaches a lot of, a lot of good things and a lot of good lessons. And there's a lot of positive things to be gained from going to church and, and building a community and getting involved in your own in these in this community of spiritual people that believe in the same thing as you do there's a lot of positivity that goes with that but then you have like you know the one or two psycho like psycho psychopath or whatever you want to call them mm -hmm. uh, in those places that kind of make it you know turn it into the opposite of what is intended um yes. and then and then you have everyone throw that you know bath water out and you're and you're like well don't you cannot like as a society we need we need spirituality that's why a lot of people especially even atheists are going back to that now uh because they're like a, a lot of atheists i've i've read are starting to think that they should raise their children with god like you know with with the yeah. with some form of religion instilled belief. in them the, the yeah. belief the the idea of faith and and the idea of uh you know that there is a presence um you know in in their children because you could see a society kind of downgrades if you don't have that spiritual belief and as i feel like that's extremely lacking nowadays that that spiritual connection is really really lacking nowadays and that's why we're having all these problems I agree. Uh, so so like i yeah. it's really tricky like i i think that I, I i i like church and i think i like those kind of things because i think it really helps you um become a better version of yourself but again, like it, it all depends on who your pastor is. If your pastor is like a psychopath at the end of the day, you know, it, it's really, it's really difficult. I think people just need to get better at, at listening to their gut, identifying what their gut is saying and listening to it. And also recognizing some of those patterns of behavior and those red flags mm -hmm. that 
are not normal, but that we tend to write off out of good faith and say, well, I'm assuming this person is a normal person and therefore this was a misunderstanding or what have you. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, a, well, and a lot of that starts like with, you know, self-work and um, like really like just easy, easy stuff. Like, you know, I recommended Polygal Polymology, but that, that shouldn't be the first book you're going to read if you're going to start getting into the stuff. That's, just, you know, that's kind of like, you know, that's like AP calculus or whatever you want to call it. Like uh, it, when it comes to that kind of uh, knowledge, like, you know, start really slow, start with books like, you know, um, like Robert Hare stuff. Uh, I think that it, it, hold on, let me look at uh, Robert Hare's book. I think it's called The Sociopath Next Door, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or the Psychopath Next Door, um, but Without a Conscience uh, by Robert Hare. Uh, like th there's really like easy stuff that you can get into to understand the the basis, the very, very, um, you know, the very first steps of seeing what the problem is. First, you have to diagnose it, right? And especially yeah. within yourself uh, to diagnose like, oh, oh my God, this is how I see things. Maybe I shouldn't see it like that. Yeah. And then once you finally diagnose it and, and, and you admit you have a problem, then, you know, you, you, you become, you'll become addicted to it in a way. Cause you'll be like, oh my God, like, how did I not know all of this? And then you just yeah. kind of like, you know, get into it. And Once you start reading something out of yourself, elements of something out of yourself, it's, you start being better able to see it in other yes. people because you've already identified it before. Yeah. And that's, that's true with anything. Like, um, one of the one of the changes that happened when I left my, my social justice world was I started trying to make sure I knew what I was talking about before I said things, you know, I listened to Jordan Peterson talking about um, do not speak lies and, and speaking other people's opinions are lies. Mm -hmm. If you haven't put in the work to hold that opinion, you should just get used to saying, I don't know enough about that. To have an opinion. Yes. And so when I started doing that, then the more I started trying to root that out, that inclination to always want to have an answer or an opinion on something. Mm -hmm. um, and I got more comfortable just saying, I don't know. I don't know about that. Then I started seeing it everywhere. Everyone just sort of, you know, speaking like robots, the opinion of their tribe without having, like, like you said, without having watched the Kyle Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse <laughs> yeah. trial, without, without even knowing the the facts of the things they're talking about. Yeah. And that happens all the time. Yeah. And they and don't want to admit yeah. fault. See, and that's the, that's the other thing, right? Like one of the things that, you know, one of the things that makes me believe that this situation with COVID is never going to end is that most people in places of power never admit fault. Mm -hmm. So like in order for it to end, they would have to admit that there was even a problem to begin with. They're never going to admit that they they made a mistake uh, by yeah. shutting things down. They're never going to admit that masks don't actually work. They're never going to admit that, like, you know, what's going on with the vaccines and whatever problems it's causing may or may not be causing. And these uh, Mama YouTube or wherever you're listening to these, these opinions are my, my own. Uh, has <laughs> I am not a medical expert. So, uh, you know, talk to your doctor. So Nina, so tell me how, what was it that compelled you to start your own YouTube channel and to start speaking your opinion on things? 
Um, that's an interesting story too, because, uh, I started by being in the chats. Like first I, uh, you know, I, I first, I, I was just like, a, you know, watching the YouTubes and blah, blah, blah. And then the, uh, the night, the game of Thrones season eight finale happened. I was <laughs> devastated. I was completely devastated. I was like in tears. And my husband was like, you know, you should go on this guy's, uh, channel. He always talks about this kind of stuff. His name is nerd Roddick. And I was like, okay, like, you know, so I just like looked him up and I see like this live stream happening that night. And I'm like that freaking devastated Carrie, like the night before I had like, or the, the, the week before that I had cried so much from like the Aww. Bells episode. And I was like, just feeling so bad. So like, I, I went in the chat and I like, you know, I think there was like 20,000 people or something like that in wow. the chat at that one time. And I didn't even, I didn't, I'd never been on another live stream before. So I didn't even know that this was a thing that people did. Cause I had always just watched like a few minute YouTube here and there. Right. Uh, so then I was like, oh my God, people are talking in this chat and it's like a, it's like a community. I never even, you know, figured out that like this existed. So like I went into that chat and then I, through Gary, uh, Nerdrotic, by the way, love, love that channel. Mm -hmm. Um, it, through his channel, I found all these other different ones. And another one that my husband, uh, had, had recommended to me, which was Anna, that Star Wars girl. And um, he was like, you'll like her. She's like this crazy nutty girl that, you know, she has a YouTube channel and you'll, you'll probably really like her. And I did. So I started watching her stuff and I was like, oh, they, and then, and I realized they all knew each other. Like they kind of like crisscrossed. And so I started following Geeks and Gamers and like all this stuff. But then I found this other guys through all these, this, uh, uh, all these ones, I found uh, this guy named John Talks. So I went on his channel and I was in the chat for a while. Uh, and I realized that th the one thing that kind of stood out for me about John out of everybody else was that John always talked about uh, psychology. He talked about the stuff that we we talked about. He talked about spirituality, he talked about religion, yeah. talked about all yeah. sorts of stuff that kind of blended in into the entertainment. But he had a lot of like really cool opinions that I thought about and the things that I thought about. Uh, that had nothing to do with pop culture. So I was like, oh, this guy's so interesting. And I started like just listening to his show and I was in the chat interacting with him. And uh, he was really different because he would actually like highlight a lot of people in the chat. And like, so we started getting to know each other in the chat. And so one day, uh, like, you know, after I started my YouTube channel, because some of the girls, including Anna and... Um, my nerdy home, Stephanie and, uh, and, and Mads mama bear. A lot of people, uh, encouraged me to make my own channel. A lot of the ladies did. So I did. And I started uh, to, to stream a little bit. Um, I, I didn't have any content on my channel yet. I was just, I started streaming right away. Uh, and then when I found John, uh, I was like, uh, you know, I, I emailed him and I was like, Hey, do you want to like, you know, I'm, I'm streaming now. Do you want to like hang out? And, uh, he invited me on cause he had like this hair cutting stream that he was doing. Cause this was like in the middle of the pandemic. And so he was like cutting his own hair, like on stream. And he was like, yeah, come on, hang out with me while I do this. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. But okay. <laughs> so like I went on there and it was really funny, but we ended up like talking about nothing. And I was like, like after the show, I was like, Hey, can I come on again? And like, we actually talk about stuff. And he was like, yeah, no problem. Uh, so like he invited me on and then we started basically almost streaming every night after that. Cause we were like, the, then the, you know, it was like the lockdowns and we just started like 
we hit it off really well. So we started talking yeah. and then it just happened every night. It was like, we, we were all in a really weird space back then. So like, it was just happening all the time. And then after a while, we, we decided to do our weekly show, which is infinite talk. And it just kind of formed. And, and here we are, I think it's like almost two years now, like, uh, you know, that we've been doing. Wow. Infinite talk. Yeah. So. And then tell me about infinite hope. Cause that's your positive. We yeah. try to do like a positive moment at the end of each show, but you do a whole positive show. Yes, I do. Because as much as I like to talk about objective reality and how crazy this world is, I also know that part of objective reality is knowing that there's always balance. Uh, there's a there's evil, but there's also good. Um, you know, kind of like the yin and yang, right? So like we are, the, you know, we may be in that dark spot in this, in this uh, yin yang, but there's always that light, even within the dark. So I think that um, we need balance in this world. We need balance. And so I try my best to balance myself out with my show, Infinite Hope, because um, if I don't do it, then I will lose hope and I can't lose hope. I need hope to be able to move forward because everything that's going on, I'm very like, I don't want, I don't want to use the word like, you know, empathic or stuff like that. Like, but I'm very connected to a lot of things that goes on with people's emotions and, you know, what goes on in the world is really reflective of what's going on inside my own heart. So whenever I see all this dark stuff happen, uh, you know, I get negatively affected and then I want to balance that out. I need to move forward uh, with positive energy. And, uh, and therefore, I thought to myself, you know what, we need to do a show, I need to do a show where we talk about good things, uh, whether that's like, you know, something amazing that's happened in the news, or just watching cute animal videos, like, you know, like, whatever makes you happy, something positive, instead of like, all this just negativity bombarded fear porn all the time, which I have to keep up with. So yeah. I, I decided that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring balance to the world. I love that, Nina. Um, well, I, I don't want to keep you too long. I want you to tell people at the beginning, I mentioned your two shows, Infinite Talk mm -hmm. and Infinite Hope, but you do a lot of other things. So can you just tell people where to find you if they want to find out more info? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me on, Carrie. It's always a pleasure to talk to you because uh, it's it's rare to find people that are into psychology and psychopathy and like all the stuff we're into. So I'm always really happy to oh, talk to you. So it's really cool. I love talking. We're going to have you back for sure. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But you can find me on Twitter is the best place to follow me and where I am because I will post on uh, Twitter, Nina7Infinity, at Nina7Infinity on my Twitter. But at, like I said, uh, my main shows are Wednesdays and Fridays, um, uh, which is Infinite uh, Talk and Infinite Hope. And uh, I will also do Breaking the Narrative on Wednesdays if John is unavailable. So I, either way, something will be happening on my channel Wednesdays. Um, but you can also find me on Midnight's Edge on Mondays. Uh, I, I do a show with the late, the lovely ladies, uh, Lorena Creole and Mandy Summers on Toxic Femininity with uh, Tom Connors. So uh, that's a really really fun channel and a really fun show. We talk about a lot of pop culture stuff there though. So like it's all usually entertainment related, not, not pop politics related. Yeah. Uh, and then again on Sundays on my own channel, 
channel most Sundays. I also do a live stream on my own channel in the evening where we talk about entertainment stuff. So we talk about like just, uh, you know, if we're watching a show at, a, at, at, at that time, we review it, we recap it, just fandom goofy uh you know all that kind of stuff with and that's your nina infinity channel right yes nina infinity channel that's right that's that's cool we'll put those in the description too i just wanted you to tell excellent thank you yes i I only have one channel it's not that it's not that confusing it's just nina infinity so that's it well thank you so much for being with us here today and i hope you'll come back we do friday live streams with uh friends of the show so i think it'd be good to have you on sometime maybe even with um Slocum from Disaffected. Yes, definitely. I would definitely love to meet all the people you know because, like I said, like your your circle is is my kind of people. So yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, it's why all these different communities are because I found you through meeting the Friday Night Tights guys. Yes, that's how I found you. I found you through Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Thank you, Nina. Of course. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Take care. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. To be honest, I am running out of patience with the following individuals. Here's a fun fact. Experts agree that inflation is good for you. As a reminder, self-defense can only be used as a last resort. You are legally required to first see if your death effectively deters your attacker. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.